0: Well, I have uh, started this uh, series concerning the resurrection experiences and uh, I thought that I would go ahead and continue the passage that we were dealing with uh, last week and I would pursue the end of this conversation of Peter's Restoration. And so I want to read to you the latter part of of that part of uh, the relationship between our Lord and between Peter. In John chapter 21, and join me in verse 18. John 21 and verse 18. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young... Speaking to Peter, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, He said to him, Follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, and the one whom also had leaned back against him during the supper, and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, that is John, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, it is my will that He remain till I come. What is that to you? You follow me. and May God then add His blessing to the reading of His holy and precious Word. Peter was the one who declared strength and determination and exactness in his following the Lord. He was the very one that failed the Lord. Peter had to learn a lesson about what it meant to follow Jesus. Be careful of being too arrogant, being too self-reliant, too determined in your own strength to know who you are before the Lord. Peter had to learn that deep, deep lesson brought about the Lord's knowledge of him. Don't you find it amazing in this last section of our Lord's life as uh, he is going to the cross, isn't it amazing that Jesus knew more about Peter's history than Peter did? (laughs) I always find that amazing that the very day that Peter, after the supper, was declaring his allegiance to the Lord, that let all these others forsake you, I'll not forsake you. Um, uh, Lord, I'll follow you even to the death. Our, Our Lord says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith might not fail. And I love this. And when you have returned, that he's going to fall. And when you have returned, strengthen your brothers. Don't compete with them. Strengthen your brothers. Um, what I always tell people, and the reason I pursue this sermon this morning, is that Peter, Peter, had a certain look at himself, a certain view of himself, and it was greater than he ought to have. Do not think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Because um, the only place a person has to go when they think more highly of their self is down. <laughs> and that is a hard, hard fall when you come to realize <laughs> that you're a person, you're flesh and you're clay, and uh, you're born in sin, you know. You know what I mean. It's a tough fall. Why not start where the Lord calls us and shows us ourselves? You know that's where Calvin and his institutes began, a knowledge of a true knowledge of ourself and a true knowledge of God is the foundation for redemption. I thought that was pretty neat. Um, Peter had a long way to go, and the Lord you more about him and his history, Peter. Tonight, before the cock crows in the morning, you're going to deny me three times. What do you mean? I'm going to deny you? No, Lord, I would, I would never do that. Be careful of the direct declaration of your friendship and uh, relationship. Uh, all you have to do is be married. <laughs> and, and know that failure is a common thing. <laughs> As a matter of fact, uh, what I've, I've, uh, I've learned in marriage is that a lot of it is damage control <laughs> and, and prayer for each other. Amen? Amen. Yes. Be patient, long-suffering with each other. Don't be too arrogant with regard to each other. Be Be careful lest you be humbled like Peter. For the Lord knows us, doesn't He? He knows our very being. He knew Peter. Peter does deny the Lord and he has to be restored. Peter is humbled by his... uh, He's having to eat crow. He's having to eat his words about who he was and what he was going to do. Sometimes men and women are boastful about what they will do in words. But sometimes when it comes down to the reality of who we really are, sometimes it's a different story. Peter is now having to uh, humble himself before the Lord. And, And you remember how he humbles himself. He humbles himself by not now declaring arrogantly what he will do for the Lord. But you know what he falls upon? He falls upon the Lord. Three times, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know. You know that I love you. A second time. Lord says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. The Lord asked him a third time, Peter, Simon, do you love me? And he said, Yes, Lord. And I love the way he adds the little bit at the third one. Because he is grieved in his heart that the Lord had asked him a third time. Because it reminded him of how many times he had denied the Lord. Do you know that I say, with regard to that, that what Jesus is declaring, the equality of the depth of his denial of the Lord and the heinousness of it, the Lord was declaring his love for Peter to cover that sin. Peter, do you really love me? And Peter cast himself upon the Lord. Lord, listen. Lord, you know all things about me, <laughs> and the Lord says, "Yes, that's right. <laughs> you know that I love you and so he concludes with not just simply restoring Peter in this context, but he gives them he gives him a new um, marching order, he gives him a new. Command he gives him a new purpose in the life of the church, in the presence of all the other disciples. He said, Well, feed my sheep, you love me, your restoration i I give you a call, I give you a purpose. feed my sheep don't don't just go out an idol and, and say, well, the Lord boy, in it nice that the Lord forgave me and and look at the look at the person that I've been in the past, the past, arrogant and all kinds of things and and you know the Lord's forgiven me." Isn't it fun to be free and just go on my way now? The Lord says, no, no, no. Peter, uh, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith might not fail. And when you have returned, strengthen your brothers. For any man or woman boy or girl that has come to the Lord Jesus Christ and knows Him as their Savior and has been forgiven of their sins and they are trusting in Him alone for salvation is offered in the Gospel, do you know that He has not just simply called you to that calling to save you and forgive you of your sins? Don't you know that He has called you with purpose and intent specifically? Callings are not just simply something for preachers. Do you know that callings are something for God's people? Because when He saved you, He saved you with purpose, specifically. And I don't mean when He saved Lonnie. He saved Lonnie for a purpose to do a certain thing in His kingdom. I thank God. But you know something, when He called you, He called you specifically, personally. He knows you personally. He redeemed His elect. And if He redeemed His elect, He knows His elect personally. He knows everything about Peter and his history. He knows everything about Lonnie. He knows who I am. He knows who you are. And when He called you, He called you. He called you to be His child. My question to you, are you following that call that He called you to? Are you following the Lord right where He has put you? I pray that you are. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Tend my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know, you know all things about me. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep. Do you see the call attached to it? Do you see the call? Attached to the restoration of Peter, and if if you as a sinner, he has restored you to himself through his own shed blood. He has called you for a purpose. We are not to walk about idly as aimless human beings in in a world of lostness without purpose. That's why I love Christians because Christians are called with purpose to live in a sinful world. That's tough. That's tough to live as a believer, as a Christian in a sinful world with purpose. Man, that's something to be reckoned with. Now, the account this morning, I know that sets the stage, but I want to continue. The story's not over after Peter uh, has this talk with the Lord and he's restored and the Lord commands him to follow him. Uh, There is something continues. Peter happens to turn. And he sees who? Well, he sees John, kind of close by. And the scriptures tell us that uh, Peter inquires, "What about what about this man?" And Jesus somewhat says, "Peter, it's it's not for you to know what I've purpose for this man. You follow me, Peter." You be faithful to the Lord, to the calling that I've given you as an individual. I like the distinctiveness of that expression that Peter himself personally was called by the Lord, redeemed by the Lord, restored by the Lord, given a job by the Lord personally. No one else would be able to fill that job but them. Peter, the same with you. God has called you. To be His child. The places that you go every day, listen, only you go. You know who loved the Lord here. You know in the places that you've gone and the people that you've met. Isn't it amazing how the Lord gives you opportunity? And listen, it's only you there. (laughs) You are the Lord's example there. You are the one called in that situation to serve Him. Whether it's with little dogs and (laughs) folks like that or whether it's, uh, you know, with families that are hurting. Whether it is with hospice. Dealing with families and patients who are dying. See, my call is not your call. It doesn't have to be. I once said that, uh, I remember early on in my ministry, I I like to imitate other preachers. And I I said, man, if I could just be like Dr. Kennedy. (laughs) And I thought, man, wouldn't it be great to preach like that? And and boy, if if I could just imitate his voice, and I could do it. But you know what the Lord taught me? I don't have to be Dr. James Kennedy. Do you? The Lord called you. He called you. To be yourself, to be who He called you to be, and you don't have to make an excuse for who you are to anybody, because the Lord walks with you, and He calls you to be His faithful servant right in the place where He's put you. You're talking about ministry, David. Think about the world you're in, brother. How well I know. What a world we live in. And how we need Christians going out uh, into the world. Israel, what a life you live, brother. I don't know if I could quite handle that one or not, but dealing with people in EMS every day and seeing some of the stuff. But how needy, how spiritually real. My dear friends, think about how the Lord has called us each one. Isn't it amazing the Lord's love it's universal for his children, but then at the same time, it's specific with regard to how he uses you, he develops you. The Lord uh, is going to express Peter in this particular context uh, a little bit more about Peter's life. As a matter of fact, he prophetically speaks to Peter again. And he says, uh, listen, when 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 you were old, he, he says, then after feed my sheep, Verse 18, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you uh, wanted, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Now, that that's kind of tough to decipher, but John comes to an understanding as he writes this book under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says in parenthesis, this, this, this the Lord said to show by what kind of death He was to glorify God. Isn't it interesting that... Uh, when uh, Peter turns and looks at John and begins to compare himself, Lord, what are you going to do in his life? What about him? And the Lord says, don't you worry about him. You take account of your own life and your own walk with the Lord and you walk with me in the way that I've called you. He now tells Peter, the Lord Himself tells Peter by what kind of death he was going to suffer for the glory of the Lord. Peter... Uh, recognizes this. Whether he fully understands that, he, he doesn't know. But I don't, I don't know that reality. But he speaks of his youth. When you were young, <laughs> you went wherever you wanted to go and you dressed yourself. But when you were old, uh, somebody else is going to dress you and take you where you do not want to go. And John then comes and says, in parenthesis, this this the Lord said to show by what kind of death uh, Peter was going to suffer. Um, and it's interesting that our calling uh, oftentimes expressed in the things that we suffer rather than the things that we accomplish. I remember Paul when Ananias questions the Lord about whether Saul is the one that is to serve him. And I know I've said this before, but how, how our Lord assesses Paul's life is this way. I am going to show this man how much he must suffer for my sake. My dear friends uh, to call uh to heed the call of the Lord sometimes is to walk with him and uh sometimes the end uh we don't like to think about but that's what the Lord was speaking to Peter about in terms of uh, Peter be aware that I'm not only the god of your youth but what I'm not only the God of your youth, I am the God of your end. I know the beginning from the end. Hebrews says it this way He is not only the author of our faith, but He is what? The finisher of our faith. People are different. I like young people, I used to be one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know all about that. <laughs> and uh, if you know anything about youth, uh, it's strength associated with it. I remember the days that we enjoyed as young people. And, and there are certain dynamics about being young that ought not to be despised. Matter of fact, we ought to give thanks to God for young people who have energy and enthusiasm and ideas. I can't keep up with Alex. But I love him. (laughs) I mean that. I'm serious about that. It's different, isn't it, between being a young person and an older person. A young person is often enthusiastic, full of ideas and things, but yet sometimes they like experience and they just need that to be tempered. Um, Some of us who are older, we're set in our ways and sometimes we think we know best. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and we're, we're different as as we, we get older. Do you realize that God is sovereign between the youth and the elderly? Even in their distinctiveness, God works His grace in their life where they are in life. God is not only the one that called me to Himself at 15. it's the one that's led me through ministry and He will be the one that knows exactly when the time is for me to go home to be with you. And that's okay. Don't you love that? Doesn't that give you some sense of purpose in life? That to know that... I love Psalm 139. Um, uh, Lord, um, you, you know me altogether. Even before there's a word upon my lips, you know it altogether. Uh, you are intimately acquainted with all my ways. What I say is little idiosyncrasies of personality. (laughs) You're intimately acquainted with all my ways. Where can I flee from Your presence? There's no place I can flee from Your presence. By the way, Lord, You did form my inward substance when I was being weaved in my mother's womb. You were there. And by the way, Lord, even before there was one of my days on this earth, You knew them all. They are all written in your book before one of them ever came to be. Isn't that amazing to know that your life, your life from beginning to end on this earth, is written in the book of the Lord? He knows the very beginning day, He knows the very ending day that you're going to go home. Very amazing. Do you serve that kind of Lord? Do you follow your call? In this life, that He has called you with that kind of purpose and that kind of vision. John and Peter were different. <laughs> Peter, Peter was always the one that was kind of impetuous. Uh, he was the one that always kind of spoke up first over the others. He, he was the one that always kind of had the answer, and he had it right away, even if it was wrong. <laughs> Have you ever had to deal with that before, Peter? (laughs) And uh, it's quite, quite interesting, isn't it? Uh, Here's Peter. Peter, Peter's different. He's, he's an activist. He's, I mean, he's full blown. He's, he's out there. He's in it. He's one, he's one carrying the sword. Lord, let me defend you. Quink. (laughs) Poor Malchus. (laughs) Let me help you, Lord. Peter, Peter, don't help me. Don't help me. Put that ear back up there. And uh, there's Peter. But isn't it amazing that Peter, once the Holy Spirit falls upon him in the way that the Lord promised, it isn't it amazing the power and the way that God uses Peter as a man when he 's subjected and humbled before God and submits his life to God, but now John John is different john 's kind of the thoughtful one. Have you ever been around the thoughtful one they 're sitting there? you never know what they 're thinking they 're always thinking they 're quiet that 's not some of us <laughs> but, but 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 John. John was thoughtful. Just the way you can tell John is by the way he writes his epistle. I mean, his letter uh, in in John. How does he start out? It's very thoughtful about the deity of Christ, isn't it? In the beginning was the word. The word he was he was he was in the he wanted to know the Lord. He walked with the Lord quietly. Uh, he leaned upon the Lord and listened to the Lord. He was not quick to speak. Matter of fact, he had very few words. As a matter of fact. John did, and uh uh when uh at the, i I think about uh, John when they were in the boat and Jesus had been raised, and Jesus was on the shore, and Peter recognizes it's it's the Lord, what does he do? Well, he responds immediately, he jumps out of the boat and swims to shore when he recognizes it's the Lord. what does John do it, you don't really realize it, but in the background, John stays in the boat, doesn't say a word. He controls the catch and leads the boat into shore. You don't, you don't even hear about John. He's unassuming. He doesn't require the attention. John, John is just John. Don't you know that God has made us each one different, distinct, different temperaments. Different ways, and yet God, in His Majesty and in His sovereignty, uses you when it's not possible with anyone else. I I told you the story about the uh, the the death of one of my elders in Westminster, in Roanoke, Virginia. Mayor Young, mayor Mayor died. He was. Quite a, quite a guy. He loved the Lord, but he was very flashy, wasn't he, Cheryl? Mayor. I loved Mayor. Francis went to the Oakies funeral home there in Salem where Mayor's body lay in state. I, I was not a pastor for that very long, and I remembered going up the steps to Oakies funeral home, and I looked and I saw. Francis standing beside the casket where Mayor was. And uh, I was nervous. I didn't know what to say or how to say it, uh, even though I was pastor. And I went through the doors and Mr. Oakey welcomed me. I went to the casket and I fumbled. I stood beside Francis and I kind of didn't know what to say. Francis, I'm sorry. Uh, I love Mayor. Uh, you know, I was trying to acclimate to all that myself. And I remember. Um that was a, a a dear lady, um, Inez, whose husband had died about three months before mayor, and she came she was the first one to come to visitation, and she was the first one through the doors, and she walked through those doors and she walked up to Francis and Francis knew that her husband had died because she and mayor had been at his funeral and Francis. Inez joined and they locked and they prayed for each other and they loved on each other and I told I said to myself, Today Inez has become the pastor. What I meant by that it was not Lonnie whom God was going to use that day in that particular situation. It was going to be Inez. A widow who was suffering and hurting because her husband had just died, too. Francis and Inez became the closest of friends in fellowship. They ministered to each other. And I was amazed. I, and I, I don't know what I told you, I remember sitting back and kind of alarmed at seeing the connection. I said, Lord, don't let me mess this up. <laughs> don't let me disturb this. What's going on? You're, you're doing a good thing. It looks great. Lord, please, please, let me be the pastor that I need to be. And from that day forth, I have honored God's people for who God has called them to be. I have honored God's people for whom he has called them individually to be. Because I full well know that they are his children. They have been called. You have been called to follow the Lord. If I want him to remain until I come again, what is that to you, Peter? You follow me. My dear friends, do you compare yourself with other Christians and say, oh, I wish I was that Christian. Oh, I wish I was that Christian. Oh, I wish I could do that. Or wish I could do that. Well, yeah, I, I've, I've said that too. But don't let that take away from the reality that God has called you where you are. And don't let that kind of thinking mar any kind of thinking that, well, you know, God can't use me like. What you're almost saying sometimes, well, God can't use me like I am. Is that true or false? God can't use me where I am. You know, I'm not a preacher. I'm not an elder. I'm not a deacon. No, you're not. But you're you. (laughs) And you are the one that God has called to Himself. And you are the one that has been placed in the place where you live. The neighbors that you have. The work that you do. The environment that you live in. You have a family to minister to. You follow me. Don't you worry about Pastor Barnes. The Lord's going to take care of Pastor Barnes. And the Lord's going to take care of him. And the Lord's going to take care of her. You follow me. Isn't it good to know that the Lord loves you? And knows you. I don't mean generally. that the Lord knows you specifically. He knows what He has called you to do. May God grant you grace to know Him who loves you. May God grant you grace to know who you are. And may God grant you grace to follow Him with the calling that He has called you to. When you stand before Him, you can thank Him for calling you to be His child. And Lord, thank You for the work that You gave me to do. Don't you ever belittle yourself as a church member. (laughs) I'll put it in the sterile terms. Let me put it in a more personal way. Don't you ever underestimate God's use of you as one of His children. Don't you dare. Ever. Don't you ever put yourself down you are his child. He has redeemed you, and you are his and he is yours. Amen? Amen. May the Lord be with you. Thank you want to leave us okay. Scripture says that even when we're unfaithful. God is still faithful. Page number 32 was Penn and